0: Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship. Give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. This podcast is produced with Caller Interaction. Follow Dr. Mona Lisa on Facebook and Instagram to be a part of the next podcast taping. Discover your body's natural ability to heal.
1: Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. This is
2: Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa podcast on mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. My name is Dr. Mona Lisa. Today's show is love can build a bridge. What to do when people around you are breaking down and falling apart. Are you one of those people who's sensitive with insomnia, hair is thinning, thyroid problems, seem to have one symptoms after another when you're around people who are suffering? Do you tend to have depression, anxiety, fatigue, gain weight when family members are not doing well? If this is you, today's your day because we're going to discuss what to do when people around you are breaking down and falling apart. It's so hard in today's world to see people suffering. Very hard. We see it on TV, we see it around us in our neighborhoods, we see it in our families. The healthcare system is more and more strapped with co-pays and so on, we have to co-care. It's not really a healthcare system. We have to co-care, meaning we have to take care of a lot which used to be taken care of. And so given that our bodies and our hearts and our minds are caring even more than we used to care before. If this is you, your body will buckle under the pressure. But this isn't just recently, this isn't. What makes some people more prone to this than others? There's an area in our brain that is structured It has a map of our body on it. There's a head, there's a neck, chest, shoulders, arms, the whole thing. And there are multiple representations. They're called homunculus. It's a map. It's a map of your body. It's a map that helps you move. It's a map that helps you feel certain areas of your body and so on and so on but there's an area in the back of your body that's related to space, especially on the right side of your brain, brain, that isn't just about a map of your body, it's a map of, it's called mirror neurons, feeling somebody else's body, experiencing someone else's experience, seeing things through someone else's mind, hearing something through someone else's mindset, and so on and so on. It's true, some people don't have that. They may be born with some kind of developmental problem. We know what those kind of people are. They may be moody, irritable, hard to get along with, always tend to get in arguments. They can never see things from somebody else's point of view, And they always think they're right, you're wrong, and so on and so on. They have trouble at work. They have trouble in relationships. They're always getting in fights. They never, 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 never see something from someone else's point of view. And science shows us that sometimes they have problems with this area called mirror neurons. Interesting enough, this is the area in the right brain that tends to go to sleep when we meditate. It's the area that perhaps we call it the boundary, the boundary between us and other people in the world. When we meditate, this boundary goes away and it's as if we and others are one. So if you are born in an environment or born into an environment that has loud emotions. There's a lot of uh, unspoken feelings that are in the air. There's crisis, tragedy, bombs going off. The cortisol, norepinephrine, eats away on the white matter pathways, makes it very leaky so that your moves slip from one to another, to another, to another, you're moody, irritable, anxious. But to survive in your home, you were very aware of other people's feelings. You were very aware of other people's suffering, partly to survive, but partly the cortisol and epinephrine facilitated that. The tragedy facilitated that. Necessity is the mother of invention. Suffice it to say, your right brain that area, that map for your body becomes superimposed on the bodies of those around you. Their pain becomes your pain. Their suffering becomes your suffering. <coughs> it becomes mirrored upon it. I don't know if you've ever had a problem with a computer. There's a way in which if you have a problem with your computer, Apple can, you can mirror your computer onto somebody else's screen so they can get on your screen and see it. This is what happens to your brain. You can experience the screen of somebody else's life. When we are whatever normal is, we're able to take our right brain feelings and intuition, bring it to our left brain and name it, respond effectively, and release it. I'll say that again instant replay. Name it, respond effectively, and release it. We feel something in our body. We go, oh my God, that's an itch. I just got bitten by a mosquito. I'm going to name it. It's a mosquito. It itches like a son of a gun. And then I'm going to spray it, respond effectively, numb it. And then I'm going to move on with my life back to the happy place. That's how it works. And you're able to localize it. Oh my God, that mosquito itched me in my left leg. Or, oh my God, that drawer just hit me in the head. That happened yesterday. I was picking up something from the floor downstairs on the first floor because things are chaotic down here. And I bang my head. I have a stoplight. Don't ask me why I have a stoplight downstairs. It's a whole other, other story. I bang my head like a son of a gun on the stoplight. So it gave me a headache. And I took the feeling because it's represented. I have a representation, a homunculus on my right brain of the of body map. And I go, oh my God, with my left brain, I hit myself in the head. I now have a nice headache. And I continued on I released it back to the happy place. The problem is you might be walking around and for no reason whatsoever, you come down with a headache. You didn't hit your head. You go, I didn't hit my head with a stoplight. You're not coming down with a cold. You checked yourself and you don't know why you have a headache. Till next thing you know, your partner comes home and they go, you know, I've had a headache all day. And as soon as they say that, yeah, it goes away. This is an empathic experience. This is a, an intuitive boundary issue. This is an intuitive localization problem. You're experiencing their suffering in your body. This is the mirroring neuron problem. The problem is if you don't know that that's not your headache, if you don't know where it's coming from, you may go on and on trying to treat it. You might go from doctor to doctor and the doctor's going, you know, I don't find anything wrong. And you're like, this is not in my head. I have a headache. We have, and we know a lot of experiences, animals frequently, pick up illnesses or experience the same illnesses of their housemates. I'm not going to say owners, because I don't know if you could really own a cat. If anybody's ever had a cat, there's no way you can say they own them. Jesus, they control your lives. So, for example, George Bush and Martha Bush and their cat or dogs, I think they had dogs, Barbara Bush came down with thyroid problems. George Bush came down with thyroid problems. And the dog came down with thyroid problems. Everybody in the house comes down with thyroid problems and they don't necessarily have problems with iodine in the house. No one can tell where where it's coming from. It's very common that husbands and wives, you look up in the literature, I've had numerous readings, consultations where this is the experience. Over and over again. I remember doing this one reading consultation where this woman and this husband, they get this woman and her fiance get engaged. He tells her nothing about his health. She gets in a certain trimester. And then he says, that, Oh, by the way, I have a genetic disorder in our family that a lot of people end up getting kidney transplants, uh, cystic kidney disease. And she gets so upset. Why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me we could have had genetic testing? Blah, blah, blah. She gets really upset, really upset. She goes into her first trimester. She goes into her eclampsia and guess what happens? She has a hypotensive crisis and she loses her kidneys. (laughs) Unbelievable. Um, I had bilateral invasive breast cancer. I was doing a reading i my poor kitty Dolly. And as she's sitting on my lap, I feel all these tumors on her abdomen. And I just knew they were breast cancer tumors. And lo and behold, they were breast cancer. The lady who owned my house, her husband was an alcoholic and alcoholism gets cirrhosis. She never drank her entire life. She came down with, wait for it, cirrhosis. very, Very common. So once again, these are examples of what I call intuitive stigmata. Right brain intuition. The right brain is not very segmented. We can pick up other people's feelings, their emotions. And if you don't bring them to your left brain, name them, localize them. This is not my emotion. This is not my pain. Where is it? if you don't name it, figure out the correct response and release it, it's gonna go down into your body and you're gonna get sick. A lot of people think, I'm just empathic, I'm just empathic, that doesn't help because you'll end up carrying a lot of weight. Many of the great saints who were medically intuitive were these empaths on a stick. They ended up living alone, very solitary in the monastery because one of the ways in which people handle it is they stay away from people thinking. Increase distance, decrease time of exposure, like intuition. If you are a hundred miles away, you won't intuitively pick up people's pain. Oh, come on, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Air traffic controllers still can see a collision on a screen thousands of miles away. Intuition like a screen knows no bounds. When I was in uh, Portland, Oregon, I was running on a bridge. I had a seizure. I went across the bridge. I didn't see the truck. Okay. It was a truck. I didn't see it. Why? I don't know. And I got hit by the truck and thrown 86 feet in Newport, Rhode Island. My mother stood up at four thirty something, and said, Paul, something just happened to Mona Lisa. And my father yelled, and said, yes. sit down. My point is, is that that was exactly at the right time. There's lots of experiences of mother's intuition. Why? Because they are very empathically. Perhaps the reason why is it doesn't happen or it's not as common in men is because the connectivity between the right and the left brain in a man is 3% percent narrower or men are acculturated not to say it so today we're talking about that and i want people to talk to me about how we can better or how i can talk to you about how we can better be aware on our screen in our body our sensation of what is our pain what is somebody else's how we can at times pick up Problems in other people's lives, be anxious about them, interpret them as mistakes, obsess about them, and get what I call contact intuitive itis, where are we obsess, where are we obsess, where are we obsess. This is another kind of where people around you are breaking down and falling apart. This is another form of contact intuitive itis. We see someone in pain, we see they're about to make a mistake, we go, Oh my God, I got to tell them. It's my responsibility because I got the email. They made a mistake. I must do something. I must do something. I'll save the mail. So we swoop in and we go, you got to stop that. You got to stop that. And they're going, you know what? I really didn't ask for your input. I got to stop that. I got to stop that. So they say nothing. So we get anxious. We can't sleep. We gain weight. Our thyroid's fall out. We lose our hair and, and we gain weight. They get aggravated at us, which makes us more anxious. We obsess, obsess, obsess. Another area of the brain. Then It goes down into our body because we're not doing the correct thing. We keep telling the wrong person at the wrong time with the wrong amount of intensity. We just keep telling them louder, like going to a foreign country and telling people who don't speak our language. We just speak louder. Where is the bathroom? Don't do that. You're going to go to hell in a handbasket. If you say it louder, maybe they'll listen to you and they don't. They just get more irritated. It just makes you sicker. So it's telling the wrong person at the wrong time with the wrong amount of intensity. In my family, we don't even change where I grew up. We don't even change the words. We just say it with a different volume. (laughs) We don't say, well, you know, I was thinking that maybe, you know, sometimes you change the words or use different. Nope. We just use the exact same words exact same cadence, just louder, thinking maybe your problem with not changing your behavior is that you have a hearing problem. No, they just don't agree. We're taking your calls, 207-846-6475. If you want a reading, a mini reading, shy, you want a private reading, go to www.drmonalisa.com. And remember, subscribe to Healthy Living Intuitively with me, Dr. Mona Lisa, this podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. And remember this forum is educational only. It's not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, pre- prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. And if you, if you have a problem right now, you start to have problems listening, you can't hear your heart, you can't breathe, you're starting to lose consciousness, step away from the Zoom, step away from the Zoom. Whatever you do, don't go toward the light. Go toward the phone, call 911 before you pass out, and go directly to the emergency room. Do not pass, go. Do not collect $200, but do get your insurance or Medicare or Medicaid card. So we will go to, and I will put the phone off the hook so that people can call. What a novel event! I forget all kinds of things. Someone asks in the comment, is there an immune system like defense for our homunculus that can be strengthened like being vaccinated against other people's troubles? Fascinating. That goes into plan B. When we observe somebody in pain, that's area 12, the area for bonding. That's also the area for picking up an error, like picking up a pothole on the highway. Oh my God, there's a pothole. It stands out it's different. So it goes to another area in our brain, the interior cingulate, the area for initiation, motivation for anxiety and depression. So it initiates us to do something. We must open our mouth and say something. And if you're like me, you'll just not even think, you'll go, listen, this is something to do and think about. You've got to change this. And they don't listen so then it goes to the basal ganglia which repeats 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 which is like a skip in the record skip in the record skip in the record i've been watching dance moms i think that's symbolic i don't know what that means there are apparently eight seasons <laughs> two different seasons they're doing a competition and in the middle of the competition the kids in the middle of the dance and the record starts to skip what the kid is told to do in the middle of a competition is keep dancing. Keep dancing. Don't stop. Right? So you when you get in a skip in the record, you keep going, you, you keep trying to rescue the person when they're having a breakdown, when they're falling apart. You're a skip in the record. You got to change, you got to change. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because you can feel their pain. And you're the skip in the record. You've got to stop. You're not in the dance recital. You're not going to fix this. You're just going to irritate them.
3: Mona Lisa.
2: Hold on a second. Hold on. The problem is it irritates them. They get angry. You get more anxious. And now you're anxious about their pain. And you're anxious about losing love and approval. That goes down into your body. And not only do you carry their suffering, you carry their anger and disapproval. Bad intuitive, bad intuitive, intuitive. Now, Betsy, after we've gotten that in, how can I be of help? May I
3: have a, may I have a mini reading? I seem to be that person.
2: I know you are, which is why I tried to squeeze it in because you were trying to interrupt me. You must have fifth center problems because that's fifth center. It's saying the right thing at the right time to the right person at the right amount of intensity. It's also the area for thymus. Thymus is the area during the first trimester, our brains develop with the immune system, which is interesting. Because if you think about it, our minds develop in parallel with our immune system. And that's the key. We can emotionally be fearful or angry about something, but we have also, that's limbic system, but we have a frontal lobe that interprets it. So you can be anxious for somebody and be sad for somebody. Notice I'm saying for somebody, mirror neurons. You're experiencing it in parallel with them, but you are not that person. So you have to identify I'm here. They're there. I'm here. They're there. That's step one. You identify you're not in their space. You identify your dance space. I'm here. They're there. Step one. Step two, anxiety has a prompting event. You may see someone may be injured in pain, but the thought pattern is they may die. They may not get the help necessary and so on and so on. That's an interpretation. That's different. (laughs) And when that's putting a spin on it and everybody knows what that's like. You watch the news, right? The news is seeing the direct events and then you see the spin. Do you get it? You see the spin and all you need to do is watch two different news and we know who they are. (laughs) You watch two different news stations and you go, son of a gun, two different people, watch the painful event and two different people had a completely different interpretation. Let me give you an example without getting anything thrown at me. I do not want anything thrown. Do not throw anything at me. Okay. Okay. I I have no opinion because that's what you do when someone suffers, observe, describe, allow. That's the only thing you can do. Radical acceptance, because believe me, otherwise everything you see in the world, you're going to watch somebody suffer and you're going to suffer along with everybody else. And you're going to die. Okay. Because as I'm doing this, I see animals screaming outside the circle of life. That's what, you know, what's his name saying? What's the guy's name. And I'm sure he was beat up in every playground. That brilliant piano player, Elton John. It's a symbol of life. Okay, if you have to fall in love—is it the right one? Is it going to last forever? Hell no, because someone's going to die first. <laughs> it's you or them. They're like, "Oh no, this love's going to last forever." No, it's not. One is going to die first, and that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> so I'm telling you right now, someone's going to be crying their eyes out, and it's not fair, right or just. So. We recently got a Supreme, don't send anything to me. I don't want to hear it. I put something on Instagram today. I said, I've I've been on a gluten-free diet. I was a macrobiotic for three years, run over by a truck, had cancer. I have no spine. These are not mine, okay? I'm pointing to my breast for people listening to this on a podcast. This entire spine is not mine. It's Rod's, Okay. <laughs> My eyes are hot as rock from Graves' disease. The brain is shrapnel. Carolyn May said, your brain isn't much. Your spine is trashed. Your breasts aren't yours. Pretty much you should trash your body and start again. Nice. And basically, I said, that's the nicest thing anybody ever said to me, which pretty much tells you what my childhood was like. None of this pathological right then and there. But suffice it to say, every time I hear anything cry for help, I lose it. Is that commensurate with long-term longevity? No, because that means that that squirrel over there that's about to be eaten by somebody else, which Elton John is saying, it's a circle of life. It's, It's not helpful. So recently on Instagram, I post that each day on a scale, I measure out a third of a cup of Ben and Jerry's, a third of a cup, which is 70 grams. I put it on a gluten-free ice cream cone with real, real, I tell you they're amazing, vermicelli jimmies. I'll tell you where you can get them. Go to my website. They're incredible. Dark chocolate. This person puts a comment. Really? Don't you think you're being a, um, is this really a, uh, Are you being a good uh, example for other people is what she's saying. I'm thinking, are you kidding?
3: Are you kidding? And I am now
2: susceptible to feeling her wrath. So I'm doing the empathy thing. Do you understand? This is ridiculous. So I felt like saying, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. This is why social media is so bad. 70 grams of ice cream. A third of a cup. Are you kidding? Leave me alone. I don't smoke. I don't drink. But recently, the Supreme Court had a uh, decision where they said that the federal government, I got to get this correct so I don't get even more tomatoes thrown at me. I'm pre, I'm see how I'm adjusting myself. The Supreme Court said something in essence that federally abortion is not protected and they're sending it back to the states to regulate it. So you have simultaneously people crying in happiness and simultaneously you have people crying in absolute agony. And all of a sudden you hear all kinds of noise. (laughs) And I almost mute myself. My point is, what do you do? And then you hear all the stories. You hear the people who have miscarriages and die. You hear the people who it's just you hear all this pain and suffering and you lose it. So. If you are a person who can empathically pick both, feel the pain on both sides, it is a nightmare. I don't want any bad mail. All I am saying to you is this universal non-localizational empathy for somebody suffering and falling apart is not helpful. Does that make sense? So back to you, Betsy. What do you want to ask? Please be specific.
3: Dr. Manita, may I just interrupt for a second? Jana, can you please mute yourself for the sake of the re- recording? Thank you so much, Jana. I don't know how please. you knew
2: where that was going from. You have a very good localizational auditory
3: cortex. So, Betsy, what was your specific question? My question is, Life circumstances are seemingly falling apart around me one by one, by one, seemingly something every single day. And um, I feel um, helpless and helpless before them, mostly with the house. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute.
2: You feel helpless. You're going to hate me for this. They're falling
3: apart. Wait a minute. They're falling apart and you feel helpless, right? Yes. You're here. You're not dead yet. I may as well. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute.
2: Clearly, if things are falling and they're falling apart, something must be holding you together. That's not you. And clearly, For someone who uses a lot of detail, systematic tactics like diet, like cleaning, like a lot of different things, those different systems are not working. So we can already eliminate that, that all the things that you've done to try to remedy the situation do not work to pull them back together again. So if you were to scientifically look at it, you say, don't ask why for a second. Just ask what is working and what is not. Things seem to be falling apart and you have things that you do, whether it's diets or other tactics, and they don't seem to be A, holding them together or preventing them from falling apart. So therefore, we can establish A, the maneuvers you do don't prevent things from falling apart. The dietary and B, something is helping hold you together and helping you in a modicum fall apart less because you're still here.
0: Are you a healthcare professional looking to translate psychedelic research into practice? Then register for Psychedelic Harm Reduction and Integration, a professional training offered by psychologist Elizabeth Nielsen and Ingmar Gorman at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24 through 26. Earn 12 continuing education credits as you discover how to better support clients who have an interest in psychedelics. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive.
2: You're not dead. You're not homeless. You have a screen. You have internet. And you're scratching the left side of your head, which is logic, because it's illogical. And that's the problem. You try to use logic to solve problems when they're not. Let me give you an example so you understand. You want to hear it? It's upsetting. It's going to really bother you. I used this example a couple of weeks ago. That when you lose something, when you have an injury, you lose something. Like you lose a breast or you lose an arm or you lose a family or you lose a, a series of money or you lose some um, plumbing or you lose a pool contractor or you lose your first floor or something. I lost many of those. And I got a concussion. So I was supposed to go into town to see a new accountant, And I'm pretty fastidious about writing things down. So I wrote down the address and I headed into town. And I am on the phone with someone whose wife killed themselves. Accountants aren't known to being in the homeless area of the city, are they? No. They're near the banks says so I'm pulling in, I get a flash and intuitive flash, I just get off the exit. I'm nowhere, anywhere in the, in the city. I get a flash that I'm going to go to the homeless area. And I say to John, not his real name, I got to get off the phone because I have a feeling I'm going to be near the shelter. He said, why? And I said, I don't know. It's completely logical. There's no way that this account is going to be there. It's supposed to be near a bank. So I get off the phone and I have, now, this is you, This Obsessionality, which is for me a compensatory strategy for ADD. I have two different uh, MapQuest things. I have the phone and I have the car, okay? Both of them are going, turn right, turn left, go up here, 250 yards. What the hell is 250 yards? Do I have to go by my, my outside my car with a ruler? I mean, I don't understand how we're supposed to understand that. But nonetheless, I just throw caution to the wind. In a thousand feet, take a left, okay? Next thing I know, I'm outside of Bubba's Sulky Lounge. Bubba's Sulky Lounge is a homeless bar. It's where I was supposed to have my first job. I was supposed to go to Bubba's Sulky Lounge where homeless people hang out early in the morning, I was supposed to recruit them to go to the psych hospital to get dried out. I'm like, oh, my God. So I called the accountant going, where the hell are you people? I'm agitated. And I know I'm being inappropriate because I know I must be wrong because they know where they are and I'm not where I'm supposed to be. (laughs) And she goes, well, we're not at Bubba's Selkie Lounge. I went, I know that. So she says, Take a left, then a right, then a left. I can't follow that. That's like three different directions. I just said, we're at the corner of Gefilte Fish and Tuna Avenue. I went, listen, I'm here. Do I take a left or a right? And I just figure I wing it. Take a left. We're on the corner of uh, Salmon Boulevard. (laughs) Okay, All I can think of is fish right now. So I go take a left on the Salmon Boulevard. And then I walk six blocks with these three ring binders of four years of taxes. I go to this building where there's a tiny sign in helioglyphics hidden in the bushes. I go into a building and the lady says, can I help you? I said, yes, I'm here to see uh, this lady accountant because I have a concussion. I can't remember the woman's name. If you put a gun to my head, she said, we don't have any women accountants. I said, yes, you do. She said, no, you don't. I said, listen, I don't want to play whack-a-mole. I've been lost. I've been at Bubba's Sulky Lounge. And now I'm here to see a female accountant. You're telling me you don't have any? She said, what's her name? I said, I don't remember her name. I got hit in the head in the plane. And then I had surgery. Listen, this has all been very lovely. She said, can't you look it up on your phone? I looked it up in my phone. I'm almost crying. There's a reason why I'm telling you this. Because to your best, best detail, logical, I did an MD and a PhD. I write notes. I had two different ways of getting there. Two different map quests. And both of them failed. How can that be? Logic escaped me. She says, she looks up the name of the accountant after I found it in the trash of my email conveniently. She said, you're at the wrong accountant. I go to the right accountant. And now the lady, it's an hour late. She's going to lunch. I get out of the building. I start crying. I think I'm a loser. I think I'm lost. My brain is demented. I'll never go anywhere. I get home and I think, you know what? Maybe I wasn't supposed to go to that account. The building looked quite expensive. (laughs) Took me six months to get that person's name. Six months. Six months. Everybody else, we're not taking any people. Six months, we're not taking any new people. Over and over. Do you know how depressing that is? It's like getting kicked out of five dances and four bars. I don't know if you've ever been kicked out of a bar. I have, but it's a long story. Anyway, make, I had a poodle skirt on. Suffice it to say, the next accountant I call, five picks me. Takes, I'm supposed to get there in 38 minutes, same two map quests, I don't get lost. I get there, I'm seven minutes early. I go in, the guy takes my books, we're done. I leave, I feel victorious. How is that? It's because it wasn't meant to be, it's illogical. Some things are not logical. The things you do to get healthy do not work for you. I think we've established that. You don't accept it. You wanna be in control. Too bad. It worked in your 20s. It worked in your 30s. It worked in your 40s. No more. Keep holding on to your left hemisphere. That's a logical area. It's not going to happen. You're all into mysticism. You're all into Judaism. You're all into Kabbalah. Kabbalah. Guess what? You're in the wrong hemisphere. I was in the wrong accountant. Now you're holding on to the right side of your neck. At least you're on the right side. <laughs> Pun not intended. So That has to do with Letting go of control. If you think I like this, I don't like it. Because the harder you try, the worse it is. So they say, let go and let. And that's an AA thing. Anxiety, addiction, alcohol control. The harder you try, the worse it is. In life-saving, if you get stuck in weeds. They strangle you and you feel like you're going to drown. There are a series of problems around you that are strangling you. You feel like you're falling and you're going to drown. Do you know what the solution is? You breathe, which I hate that stuff. They go, let's learn how to do meditation and yoga and breathe. I hate that crap. However, in life-saving, they say if you're stuck in eelgrass, in a river, if you struggle the eelgrass will tangle your arms and legs stronger and you will you'll die. You will drown. They say, breathe, relax, and the time, the river, will untangle the, the r- weeds. You are in the weeds, Missy. The, the tide, the river, The heavens with a modicum of effort, not frenetic effort, a modicum of effort will help you, but you're not doing that. You're struggling against it. Take ballroom dance. You will learn how to dance with the partner. You are a kind of person will try to lead. I am asking you to take ballroom dance so you can learn how to follow this will bother you more than anything you will say they're a bad leader you will say everything and that goes into the category of too bad because you will learn how to dance with everybody in the room and each one will have their unique way of dancing and if you tell me i can't <laughs> i will get infected guess what <laughs> you're in the house and you're still sick what's the difference There are people who are getting vaccinated, who are sick with COVID. Everybody is getting COVID. If I do this again, I'm going to mute myself. I'm going to get very confused. Am I saying go out and have sex liberally with everybody? I am not saying that. I am simply saying learn how to dance with it. And you don't do that. You struggle and try to control it. And you can't call the shots.
3: You were trying to, if you could, you would
2: autoclave the universe. You would, autoclaving is, um, drives me crazy. They say that all that hand sanitizer, when we originally did it, increased our chance toward autoimmune diseases and allergies. Well, hey, Missy, you're Miss Autoclave, 1990. <laughs> You've been on, you, I get a feeling that if I went in your house and if I dropped something on the floor and I ate it, I think you'd have an anaphylactic attack right then and there. I think you'd die. And I think that what I would do is just start dropping stuff and eating it off the floor just to treat you because that's what you need because it's approached don't avoid. Do you get
3: that? Yes, which is why I let the inside of the house go to pot, knowing that it's... Can I tell you, your idea of letting the house go to pot? Uh, Okay.
2: By the way, by the way, do you know that the E. coli in your gut, do you know where it comes from?
3: Where?
2: Dirt. Do you know in Chinese medicine, your GI tract is earth, spleen meridian, it's earth, it be earth. And all these people who are doing, wait for it, colon cleanses, they're constantly cleaning stuff. A lot of people used to call that OCD. I'm just saying. I'm just saying.
3: I am. That okay? would be me. Okay. I'm yeah, I, I, I the colon in my thought, in my thinking.
2: Can I tell you? I already know. And so I'm sitting there going, what makes you think? You know how to clean better than your own body. Are you smarter than your immune system? Apparently not, because you're still sick. So what happens when you take too many antibiotics? You get Clostridia difficile. And difficile means difficult in another language, which I don't even know about. It's really bad. You could lose your colon. So what do you have to do when you get Clostridia after taking too many antibiotics to clean the system, clean the system, clean the system. You have to do what? You have to repopulate the, the GI tract with dirt, E. coli. How do you, where do you get that dirt? A, you go to Vegas and sit on a toilet seat. B, <laughs> B, you go out and eat dirt. Or C, you eat your last, your worst nightmare. You eat feces. You eat feces, C. So I would start with slow. (laughs) That's right. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying go out and find some cow manure. I'm simply saying there is a whole theory of look at the cleanliness hypothesis. And what they call is too many allergies are, and the same thing with today's show is a lot of people with empathy, what they do is I'm an empath. You're an empath. Everybody's a damn empath. So what they do is they become socially phobic and avoidant. And what that does is that makes their body like people who are pan immunic, a pan allergic, that makes them more sensitized to people's pain. No, no. What you do is you go. (sighs) It's my nightmare. You go out and you look at a bunch of people in pain, you turn and you know the type. You say, do you see the news? Oh, I don't watch the news. I don't want that negativity. You know? And you think your brain is not going to get more sensitized? Of course it is. There was a place in Texas that takes all these people who have all this immunity, immune sensitivity. Remember now, I said that brain and the immune system develop in parallel. I don't make this stuff up. I'm not getting it out of my colon. <laughs> it develops in the first trimester from the thymus where our immune system develops. I'm simply saying at that, that place in Texas, when you get allergic to all this stuff, which I have a funny feeling, you've had a lot of food allergies that they teach you how to make a cookie that has all the stuff you're allergic to. You bake it every morning and you eat that all day long. So you subject yourself to a little bit of the allergens. And now drug companies have gotten that and they make money because you get to buy their pill that, of something you're allergic to and you pay good money. And I saw a woman on the news going, thank God, that drug company made that peanut pill that saved my child's life. And I'm like, oh my God,
3: Do you get it? Well, Melissa, mine aren't physical issues though. It's life, it's the house, it's the personal circumstances, not, not physical yes, I have OCD. Okay. Yes. But
2: it's, it's in my brain. So cognitive dialectical behavioral therapy will teach you how to master the network that I called contact intuitiveitis, the circuit between the olfactory area for bonding, the anterior cingulate area 24 and the caudate anterior cingulate and the caudate are purported to be with OCD. That circuit then goes to the body and affects our immune system. I was very specific. I'm not just touching or, or talking hooky pooky here. Does anybody else have a question? Susan has her hand up. Susan has her hand up. And I'm going to unmute Susan. I've unmuted Susan. And for some reason, Susan is not unmuted. Susan, unmute you. There you go. How can okay. I can help Susan? You have nice sunglasses on. Apparently, you're outside the place that there is a lot of sun.
1: Just cooking some supper on the grill. Oh, <laughs> and listening to uh, Mona Lisa. Thank shrimp, you so much. Shrimp on the Bobby.
2: What do you have uh, this evening for dinner?
1: Uh, well, we are having some homegrown beef because I raise, uh, we raise our own meat. God. Oh, my God. And, uh, potatoes okay, meat. now I
2: want to explain yourself. So now, if I was like that woman on fa- Facebook, oh, I would say, oh, are you an example for health? You're eating animals. You're, I noticed you said homegrown. Yes. Now I want to ask you a question. Okay. This is none of this is, I want, do you feel any judgment in this?
1: I think I judged myself. <laughs> no, I
2: don't want you to. There is no judgment in this. Okay. Because I want to know how you do it. Now, you understand that when I grew up, I had dolls. And when a doll fell off the bed, I had to get off the bed and get the doll in. And then another doll fell off the bed. And all night long, I'm getting in and out of the bed because I felt that the doll was hurt.
1: Uh huh. That's how
2: bad it is.
1: Yeah, I, I was that little girl.
2: Okay, so that's okay. So I'm getting the okay. So now. I understand the concept and I talked about the chain of life. Okay. I want to know if you raise, how many cattle do you raise?
1: A small herd, about 15.
2: Okay. 15. So it's not like a thousand of them.
1: No, I don't know. No way. Okay. No. How do you? Because he loves uh, farming. (laughs)
2: <laughs> How do you do that? Do you have a relationship with these
1: animals? I do. Yes. So they we, I, they're like my uh, oh,
2: family member. Hold I on one second. Perfect. Let me I'm going to try to mute this. Hold on one second.
1: OK, because
2: I really. And the reason why I'm asking you this. Is because what you're doing. Is a skill where you're loving something but you're respecting the chain of life and you're able yeah. to do something called a dialectic in dialectic behavioral therapy you're able to do two things simultaneously and that's a problem that many of us if for example if a mother or father has a child that does something that has a problem with addiction or does something they don't love they have to they have to love the child But also, sometimes do something that's difficult for them to do. And that's something called a dialectic. Do you understand? So can you please tell me how you do that?
1: I I know um, that the animal wants to serve. So I humanely as humanely as possible, treat my animals well with my son, cause he loves farming agriculture. We do that together. And then that is, the animal has done its job. That's all it wants to do, right? So I, I have that in my mind and we're not doing like a feedlot or anything like that. Um, I don't eat a lot of meat, but when it sounds good, I do.
2: The thing is, is that you're not hypocritical. There are some people who have all kinds of attitude about it, but then they go out. For example, I went to Brown and on Valentine's day, they were going to have bunnies, rabbits on the menu. They're going to have a rabbit. So a friend of mine boycotted the bunnies. So she stood outside. We used to call it the ratty refactory. She stood outside the ratty and boycotted the bunnies. However, when it came to Saturday night for the Valentine's dinner, she was eating it. Yeah, and I said, "How can you do that?" And she said, "Well, and this is what she did. she it for her it was a cerebral argument. She said, "Well, they were already killed before <laughs> I protested. It was inconsistent. I don't mind um." someone having an opinion that's different from mine, as long as it's consistent and not hypocritical. But even then that's a problem because what other people think sometimes should be none of my business. As far as I'm concerned, it should be between you and the animal. Gotcha. Because, because, because ultimately that's radical acceptance. Uh, you have a higher power. The animal has a higher power and neither of them are me. Do you understand? So that has to do with if you have a child and they do something, you can say something once, you can say something twice. And in AA or 12 step, you leave them to their higher power. Mm-hmm. So if you disagree with someone, you can still, as they say, I never understood that for you, agree to disagree. Agree to
1: disagree. Yeah.
2: I yeah. eat a little bit of meat, um, but I try to buy humane, regrown right. meat that's not right. in, you know, it's grass fed and it's not grown like in a million things. But I think it's exactly. interesting that you called because that's an example of um, how you can handle that right brain and path boundary. Well, I felt like
1: I was struggling over the weekend. Not just with animals, but just in general. Can you like give I me an example? Like, yeah, I can. Like, I I just cried for. Uh, I haven't done that in like twenty years, uh, probably. And just cried for a long time, asked for the origin, didn't know if it was like a worldly thing in the collective, or w- were these all the tears that I hadn't cried in 20 years? I still don't know. I think maybe it's a, a little bit of a split, but it was no.
2: like, no, know, no, no, down. no, 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 hold on one second.
1: Okay. It, it put me down.
2: <laughs> hold on one and second I, didn't see I see a family families are supposed to make you feel safe and secure and give you a sense that you belong and supported and have a say okay I see someone in a family who can be charming charismatic and attractive but they can be mean they can mm-hmm. say things that hurt okay And what happens is when you're part of a relationship with someone who looks like they have everything under control, it can be relieving if you're anxious. But then after you're with them for a while, you realize they're controlling. To get along with them, it's just easier to go along. And I understand that where do you want to go to dinner and like instantaneously, you really don't know where you want to go. And they're like, well, I thought we'd go here. And so you just go, because in that moment, you don't even know where you want to go. Right. And it ends up being over time that they always choose where we go. What do you want to see for a movie? You know, and instantaneously in your mind, I don't know where I want to go, where you want to go. And it just becomes easier. And then all of a sudden, something changes in you. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know where you want to go and you say it and uh-huh. there's a change in their voice. There's a hook. Are they in the background? Nope.
1: Just got home from work, but heading on in the house.
2: Good. Always happens. Let me tell you, when I do a reading, always happens. I right? tell you about a kid with a ping pong
3: <laughs> and a thing in a second.
2: Ask me about the ping pong. Okay. Anyway, tell you how I fixed the thing with a ping pong. (laughs) Anyway. um, So then you've developed your hormones in your brain change. And so you open your mouth. They help facilitate. You don't sense your emotions as much. And so you say something. Because your estrogen goes up in your system. And estrogen blocks your thyroid a little bit. Mm-hmm. I've been bumping that. I am. And so you say, you know, I thought we'd go here. Well, I don't like that place. And you feel hurt. You don't get angry. You get hurt. Hurt is a com- a, a combination. I can feel it. I'm getting anxious. Is a combination of sad and anxious, but it's mm-hmm. really anger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you've saved what you wanted. You saved what you wanted. You saved it all this time. And then you really want that restaurant and you really want that movie. And they're like, no, and they haven't kept track Mm -hmm. and they discount it. And then if you pitch a fit, which you've had verbal constipation, then you have diarrhea. they (laughs) go, You can't do this. You change the Mm -hmm. rules. All of a sudden, it's this thing is so important. And then you get hurt. And then you cry because your crying is not sadness, it's anger. And like every once in a while, you clean out. Your- I was very mad. <laughs> clean out. I know it's mad. You yeah. clean out your purse and you find out all these old Kleenexes in there that you've just stuffed over time over time and you're like, Jesus, where did all these clinics come? Because all those times you said, where well, you want to go to the movies? And you just didn't say anything because you just didn't even think about it because it's been saving up, saving up, saving up, okay. saving up. And then you start crying. Well, you know, you have a problem because you're not the same person anymore. And then they're going to say, you changing the rules. And what you have to say is, yes. Yeah, I am. And the reason is, is then you're going to say, I want to apologize. My brain is changing. Okay. Estrogen wise and taking estrogen is not going to change this. Right. I, I love you, but my brain is growing like our kids are. And I love you. And I want, this is what we say. We want to grow together old. Okay, And you don't want me to be one of these little old ladies with their hands that they used to tie them to the chair or the bed. So they're a captive thing. Well, I didn't say that. No, I know you're a wonderful man. I am simply saying I'm different and I want to grow together. Okay. Can we do this? Okay. If you do that, you will immediately feel
1: an opening in your chest. Okay. And yeah. you'll feel better. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. That makes perfect sense. Thank you so much. Good that makes luck.
2: You're a peach. I know she don't have your glasses on anymore and you sound Yeah I took them
1: so off. So I different. wanted to be able to
2: see you. <laughs> you sound so much different. Please call again. Thank you so much. You're a lovely lovely lady.
1: Thank you. Thank
2: you. Take it easy. Thank you for joining me today. This has been Healthy Living with Dr. Mona Lisa. You've been listening in such rapt attention. Do well, do right, live brilliantly. Have a great day. See you next week. Bye-bye now.